Hello everybody, welcome to the Metal Hammer podcast, it is episode 180, I'm Mel from Metal Hammer, lovely to have you all with us this week. This week my guest on the show is the director and producer of upcoming and very badass looking metal and horror documentary, The History of Metal and Horror, Mr Mike Schiff, somebody that I've known uh, for a good few years now and has been working on this documentary for a long, long time, it's really, really special, you're going to want to hear all about it, but before we get to all that, let me tell you you that the latest issue of Metal Hammer magazine is out right now and it is literally the biggest issue of the year so far. We go Inside Senjutsu, the brand new studio album from Iron Maiden. It is out on Spotify right now, battling out for number one with Drake as we currently speak. So if you haven't picked up your copy yet, I hope you're going to do that today. Um, and if you want to pick up your copy of the latest issue of Metal Hammer with the aforementioned Senjutsu cover, uh, it also has uh, comes with I made a fridge magnet, it comes with a Belshazzar's Feast art print, and it comes with a huge double-sided Senjutsu art poster, loads of I made in goodies. Go over to your local store in the UK, Selling Metal Hammer, to pick that up. I think, I think we have sold out of copies online, so I don't think you can get it online right now. So if you want to get hold of it, you've only got a week or so to still get this issue of Metal Hammer, go to tinyurl.com slash findhammer and that'll tell you where your nearest store stocking our latest issue is. tinyurl.com slash findhammer. Uh, don't miss out because once this issue is gone, it will be gone. You'll have to go on eBay and pay silly money for it because uh, I kind of feel it's going to end up being something of a collector's item. Uh, don't forget as well to go visit our brilliant sponsors over at killstar.com, the world's leading alternative gothic and metal fashion and accessory outlet. They've got a brand new range they just put up right now called Occult Minds. It looks absolutely badass. You're going to want to get all this stuff and drape yourself in it. Um, and uh, once you've gone and checked out the new Occult Minds section, you should go and keep yourself out in some new tops, some jeans, some bottoms, some dresses. They've got lifestyle stuff. They've got a cute little range called Creatures, which are these like cute little cuddly monster things. I'm looking at a cute little cuddly Baphomet right now. Looks awesome. They've got stuff you can take your house in, stuff you can take your body in, anything you want to make your life that little bit more darker and evil as we head into spooky season. Killstar have got you covered. So head over to killstar.com right now where we will, uh, you know, there's loads of great stuff to look at. Uh, <laughs> let's get on with this week's show, shall we? As I mentioned at the top, this week's guest is Mike Schiff, the director of the History of Metal and Horror documentary, which is being released imminently. He speaks to a whole range of metal and horror heavyweights. I'm talking the likes of Corey Taylor, Alice Cooper, Rob Zombie, Dave Mustaine, Jonathan Davis, Kirk Hammett, Doyle, uh, Marky Ramone, Scott Ian, Charlie Benante, Tobias Forge, Derek Green, Chris Jericho, uh, and that's not even to mention all the horror legends that are on this thing. I'm talking about the likes of Tom Savini, makeup and special effects legend, John Carpenter, Pinhead himself, Doug Bradley, Bill Mosley, Kane Hodder, we've got Jason Voorhees up here. Um, so many amazing names that contribute this to, to this thing, all looking inside the decades-long relationship between heavy metal and horror movies. It's a really interesting piece that he's uh, put a lot of passion into and uh, we talk all about that as well as his journey into horror, the first horror movies he ever used to watch as a kid, what got him into heavy metal as well and what kind of convinced him that the link between horror and metal was so strong that he wanted to make a whole documentary on it. Uh, so without further ado I'm going to hand you over to me and Mike right now. This was recorded a couple of weeks back and uh, yeah let's get to it shall we. So uh, just to fill us in on some background Mike about what you were doing prior to 
putting this amazing documentary together. You've been working in film and TV since the 90s. Is that right? I kind of got most of this from your own yeah. bio on the on the film site, so I'm presuming it's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I went to film school in the 90s. Uh, then after that, I just started doing some uh, production assistant work and then moved on to doing more camera and editing work myself. And yeah, so it's been uh, it's been a while. You worked at the Howard Stern Show for eight years. Yeah, yeah, I was there. Uh, I was there for a while. I was a producer and editor and camera guy, and kind of did a lot of things over there. So, uh, what was that it was like a good working run. for Howard? Uh, it was cool. I mean, Howard, you know, Howard and I, we didn't work side by side too much, but um, but yeah, I mean, he was always nice to me. We had a few good talks and and things, and uh, it was a fun job. I mean, it was definitely one of the the more fun jobs to to have if you can get them and um yeah yeah met, met a lot made a lot of good friends there and had it not been for the stern show i wouldn't have sort of made the connections to uh to get where i am now with this documentary yeah i was gonna say i, I can imagine that was really useful because when we get to some of the names on this thing later it's it's a pretty impressive list um you've also produced music videos for it's like fuzzy charbles of the damned and john carpenter as well mm -hmm. master horror yeah. himself um what did you actually do with john carpenter uh, I did the second camera uh, for the two two videos, and I did the editing for both of them. So uh, that was that was. What was it like? Good. Sorry again. Sorry, I was just going to say, what was it like working with someone like that? Because obviously, John Carpenter's got such a clear vision of his own. I mean, does yeah. he is he kind of quite hands on? Is he does he let the reins go a little bit? Is it quite intense working with someone like that? Uh, we didn't really know what to expect, but he was he was pretty laid back throughout the the process. He didn't try to micromanage. I mean, he he gave us an idea of what he was looking for, and uh, and then we just kind of uh, put it together. Um, yeah, I mean, he he really just kind of performed in the video and maybe gave a couple of tips here and there, but uh, for the most part, he just kind of let us do our own thing. Fair enough. Um I mean, let's take it right back to the start. Obviously, horror metal to massive, massive loves of my own as well, which I think why we first kind of connected way back when. Uh, how did horror and metal both individually come into your life? Uh, so horror came in first. Uh, when I was a, a young kid, my dad got me into it. He was a huge horror fan. Uh, he grew up you know, in the 30s and 40s, and he was around uh, all the Universal monsters. He was a huge fan of... The original awesome. Frankenstein and and uh, uh, Dracula and Wolfman and everything, and then he got it later into the Hammer, Hammer like the Hammer films were some of his favorite. Uh, Curse of Frankenstein was probably his favorite horror movie of all time. So, oh, nice. uh, so yeah. So when I was young, he he kind of introduced me to them um, at home with books and some movies. So I got into it pretty pretty quickly. I was into monsters very very early on. Um, Loved dressing up for Halloween. Uh, loved uh, Sundays at uh, at the local video store. We I'd rent about five horror movies every single Sunday and just just mm -hmm. binge watch them every single week. Uh, then I started getting into special effects makeup, so that was my original career goal. That's what I wanted to do. So I oh, idolized, wow. yeah, I, I idolized guys like Tom Savini and uh, uh, Rick Baker, Dick Smith, um, those guys, and so. Yeah, I've been a horror fan ever since, ever since I was a kid. And then with metal, I was a little bit late on that. Um, I wasn't into music as much when I was when I was younger, but I did start getting into film soundtracks. You know, like the Lost Boys soundtrack was probably one of the first albums that I bought. Yes. 
right. And, <laughs> and then I started buying uh, more soundtracks to films, like the the Elm Street series. They started putting out some really cool soundtracks, Elm Street three and four and five, and uh, so I was just buying soundtracks like like crazy soundtracks and scores. And then in the nineties, um, well, late eighties, nineties, my my cousin, um, my cousin Peter in in Finland, uh, he started getting me into more of the metal type of stuff. He was a huge Metallica, uh, you know, Slayer and Megadeth fan. And I was still kind of slow getting into it. But uh, later on, I kind of started getting more more into, you know, grunge and then more into more metal. And then I, eventually I just became kind of a metalhead more than more than anything. So, awesome. um, yeah, so that kind of started like in the in the maybe mid 90s is when I really started getting into it. Cool so yeah to get into stuff to be fair i mean what was it about yeah. those two worlds that that's kind of really spoke to you in the same way like horror and metal because i'm guessing the fact that you've ended up making this documentary you must have realized quite early on when you got into metal that there are a lot of things that spoke to you in a similar way to the ways that horror did yeah it, it's uh it's just sort of a um an interest in the dark elements of of life i suppose you know horror is dark uh, it's the imagery, you know, the, the mood, the, just the way you feel, you know, from, from watching horror. Uh, and the same thing with metal. It's just, it's an aggressive sound. It's dark, um, you know, and, and you kind of get that same sort of rush, you know, from, from being at a metal show or watching a really scary horror film. So I think it just sort of appeals to the same part of the brain, really, you know, and, mm. um, yeah, I mean, and, and we get into a lot of everyone in the documentary kind of gives their take on, on why they think metal and horror work so well. And uh, so it, it's, it's very interesting to kind of hear all these different um, points of view. But but for the most part, it's just, just these two genres kind of they're very similar in, in, in just the way that they're, uh, you know, just dark and aggressive and, and they just appeal to, to people in that kind of way. Definitely. I don't think it's a coincidence that you managed to get so many names for this thing because like people clearly like knew exactly what was up when they were asked to participate in this. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I first talked to you for a piece that ran in Metal Hammer five years ago now in our October 2016 issue. Um, if anyone wants to try and track it down, it's the one that has corn on the cover done up in Stranger Things style. Uh, I had no idea why you'd get hold of it now, but there's probably out there. There's eBay and stuff. <laughs> Um, but there may be some listening to this now who maybe didn't read that interview or aren't familiar with the documentary because obviously it's been a work in progress for some time. Uh, so can you just talk about where the idea to make this thing specifically came from and how it kind of started to formulate in your brain? Yeah, so, uh, wow, all right, well, long story, <laughs> which I'll try to keep brief. Uh, well, <laughs> when, I was work we got time. Okay. <laughs> when I was working at the, uh, at the Stern Show, um, I became good friends with Richard Christie, who, of course, uh, has his band Charge Walls of the Damned. So him and I became good friends um, from working on the show. He introduced me to his friend, uh, Robert Lucas, who, um, who was also a, a producer on the documentary. So Rob and I became friends. Rob is very well connected in sort of the metal and horror world. And he's, uh, he's friends with Kirk Hammett. And Kirk was putting on the Fear Festival convention out in California some years back. And um, so Rob invited me to come on to do some camera work and to hang out, just, just sort of be a part of it. So I went there and had an awesome time that weekend. I got to meet a lot of great people uh, in both metal and horror. And after the weekend, I spoke to Rob. I said, hey, you know, 
with you know kind of seeing how Kirk put all this metal and horror stuff together in that kind of way has there ever been a documentary that sort of explains why these two genres work so well together and he said no there hasn't I was like well maybe it's time to do one so uh, so I came up with the idea for it and then I started putting together a list of the people that I thought would be good to interview, you know, people, uh, metal artists mostly who have a connection with horror. Um, and, uh, and so I started with uh, Chris Jericho because him and I worked on the sandpaper video for Fozzie. So I had, so I had his contact information. I just reached out to him right away and said, Hey, I'm thinking about putting this documentary together. You know, would you that, that sandpaper video has a horror, that's like an evil dead video, isn't it? It's that kind of vibe. Yeah. 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 So, so Chris and the guys wanted to do a horror themed video and they're big fans of evil dead. Mm. Cause who isn't? Cause it's just one of the best horror films ever of made. Of course. Of course. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, so so I worked with uh, Sean McEwen, who was also co-director on the Chart Worlds of the Damned video for Zero Span. So him and I had a relationship. So we worked together uh, on the music video. He brought me on board for Fozzie. So I, that's how I met uh, Chris. And then after uh, I got the idea for the documentary, I reached out to him. I said, hey, Chris, uh, I want to do this documentary. Would you want to be interviewed? He's like, yeah, absolutely. So the next time Fozzie was in town playing at the Gramercy Theater, uh, I believe in New York, uh, we did the interview downstairs before the show, and that was the first one. And then because I started meeting a lot of people in, in the horror business, especially, uh, and my friend Rob knew everyone, we started um, kind of lining up a lot of other people for interviews. We did a lot at, at horror conventions because everyone was sort of there. So we were able to just set up in various locations with the cameras and everything and just have guys come over and, and sit down with us. So that's pretty, basically how it started. And then as we kept getting more and more interviews, the project started building some steam and then I got a lot of really big names involved and uh, yeah so so now I have uh, over 60 people in the film that have been interviewed and uh, there are more that I would have liked to have uh, gotten for it but it's you know I'm, I'm, I've got a really really great lineup there so I mean that's um, an understatement man like the, like if you it, they're all they're all listed on the website and um it's kind of they it, the, when you scroll down it just keeps on going and going and going and going yeah <laughs> um it's an insane list i mean on the metal and rock side of things you have alice cooper rob zombie i mean two, if you're going to do a thing about metal and horror they're probably the first two people you want to talk to right yeah but you've also got yeah. like dave mustaine kirk hammett jonathan davis Corey taylor scott ian tobias forge corpse grinder john five wednesday 13 the list just goes on and on and on and on and on and then on the horror side of things you've got john carpenter tom savini doug bradley bill mosley kane hodder sid haig rest in peace uh, nick castle sarah karlov uh bella lugosi jr i mean it's just a mad list and, it, and, and i guess i'm presuming sarah karlov is is a uh, descendant of boris that's yeah sarah's uh, boris's daughter amazing so I and got, i guess uh, yeah bella, bella lugosi jr kind of speaks for itself and so coming from where yeah. you came from with your first connections to horror it must have been really cool to get those two involved in particular yeah and and uh ron cheney uh junior he's in there uh and of course he's the uh, grandson of uh lon cheney and um so yeah i got i got the the descendants of the the classic uh universal horror stars uh involved which is uh which is fantastic so yeah i i mean i, I i'm really really lucky to have um gotten the the interviews that i did i think it's uh and and they're all just awesome people they were they were all of them were so cool do you think it, was, it might have been nice for a lot of the, the metal kind of um, personnel in particular to, to talk about something that isn't the usual run of interviews they have to do? Because I find 
some of the best interviews we do with artists is when you're not just, you know, they're not doing their 18th interview about the new album or they're not yeah. talking about stuff they talked about 20 years ago. It's when you engage them with stuff that they just love talking about. And so it must've been cool for them to, you know, to have, I mean, I guess Rob Zombie probably does it a lot anyway, but for someone like Jonathan Davis and Corey Taylor, they're not sitting there talking about Corn and Slipknot. They're just getting to talk about movies they love. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I, and I think that's why a lot of them did the interview because they love horror so much and they don't really get to do interviews about horror uh, as often. Of course, you know, Alice Cooper and Rob Zombie, like those guys, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it here and there. But um, but for the most part, I mean, none of them have really been involved in, in this type of a project. So I think they were pretty, uh, pretty excited. And every now and then you, you might get someone who will say, well, yeah, you know, like a lot of the, um, uh, there were a couple of people who were, who were saying, I don't, I don't really know that much about the subject, but uh, yeah, I guess we'll do the interview. And then once we did, got into it, uh, they discovered that they actually had a lot to talk about, you know, as, as far as these subjects go. So then we had a really, really good and long conversation about something that they really had no idea that they'd be so, uh, <laughs> you know, so good at. So it was, uh, it, so it was pretty awesome. cool. Was there anyone that you reached out to that you were kind of surprised that they actually turned around and said, yeah, we'll, We'll do this. I mean, I know you've got connections. Like, I mean, having a kind of through to Kirk Hammett's a pretty big thing to start with. But was there anyone yeah. you got involved that came back and said, "Yeah, we'll do this," and you were really pleasantly surprised to find that? Um, a couple. I mean, I, th I think uh, I think Dave Mustaine was was a big surprise. Um, yeah, I don't know if I've seen him talk about horror so much compared to a lot of the others. Yeah, yeah. So he he's not considered like like a horror type of metal guy, you know, but. Uh, but I met him through, um, uh, um, <clears throat> where was it? We were at a, I think we were at NAM, And I think mm -hmm. he, uh, I met him there. He was signing autographs and, uh, and Jose Mangan from, um, uh, from Sirius XM Sirius. knows, I mean, he knows all these guys very well. So, uh, so he helped out a lot. He, he helped get that interview together. So, and Dave was, uh, he was cool. It's like, yeah, we'll do the interview. And you know, do you want to come out to my house, you know, to, to do it? So, uh, so we flew out to Dave's house and he was just, just the nicest guy. You know, he just offered us uh, coffee or water. It's like, Hey, you know, just make yourselves at home and set up. And, uh, and we <laughs> sat down for probably close to maybe close to an hour or so. And he, and he was, I think one of the guys who wasn't really sure he knew that much, you know, about, about horror, um, per se. But, uh, but once we started talking, I mean, he had a lot to talk about. I mean, he, when he was a kid, you know, he had stories about, uh, about watching horror films and um then he he had a lot to say about uh the elm street 3 soundtrack with dokken um and a, and a lot of different yeah and and he, and he really had a lot to to contribute to it and we just had a really good time so uh yeah so so a lot of times they they um they didn't realize how much they really had to you know to talk about as far as this goes that's awesome um when you're kind of making this thing how did you anchor it so that you didn't end up having everyone kind of just sitting there going oh yeah there was like a lot of you know there's a lot of links between metal and horror for sure like what kind of what, what kind of kind of the the cornerstone films the bands the moments in history that kind of really helped to underpin the relationship between metal and horror that you kind of drew on um i mean for the most part i i had a a, a list of questions that i asked i asked most people the same question sometimes a little variation but i wanted to be able to have chapters of the documentary where people would talk about the same the same subject so we, we yeah, started sure. out with uh you know how they were introduced to to horror and and metal and 
what some of their experiences were. Then I asked everyone what their favorite horror films were. Um, and I also encouraged them to even talk about some more obscure films because it, so there were some films that were very, very common that, that a lot of people talked about. A lot of people talked about Jaws. A lot of people talked about The Shining. A lot of people talked about The Exorcist. So these are all, I mean, and we all know what the sort of the top horror films in, in history are. Uh, so I also try to encourage them to kind of mention some films that maybe aren't as popular, but, um, uh, but so, you know, so that we can have a broader range of films. So it's not everyone talking about the same, the same film. So, so a lot of them had some, uh, some really good things to talk about. Like Chris Jericho talked about basket case and, uh, uh and such a like great that. film. Yeah. so crazy. <laughs> Right. So, so most people wouldn't necessarily necessarily say basket case, but Chris was the only person who talked about basket case. And, that, and there's a lot of examples of that where everyone kind of has this other film that uh, that's not that huge, but they really liked a lot growing up. So so they talked about that. So we have a really broad range of, uh, of films that they talk about a lot of uh, big stuff, a lot of obscure stuff. So um, so it was cool. You know, it was, it was a very interesting uh, conversation to have with everyone and then you know we did cover the big ones too so we had a few maybe I, I included a few people talking about the shining a few people talking about the exorcist but i didn't want to take too much time spend too much time on one particular film i wanted to really uh sp like spread it out as much as possible yeah that makes sense i love the fact that chris talked about basket case it's just one of the most ludicrous horror films i've yeah. ever seen um <laughs> As I mentioned before, we kind of first talked about this five years ago and the film was some way towards completion then. Um, and then, you know, kind of like, you know, following each other on Instagram and all that kind of stuff. So kind of, I guess, gets in some contact for you then. But then out of the blue, I got an email from you earlier this month saying it's all complete. It's all go. Um, so what kind of ha was happening in those five years since we last spoke that meant we couldn't see the film come out and, and be quite ready yet? And, and what finally pushed it over the line this year so that now we're, we're here, the film's finally on its way? Yeah, I mean, it definitely took a lot longer than, than I expected. I mean, I didn't really set a timeline for myself when I started. I just figured, well, let me just keep getting as many interviews as I can and just edit along the way and then just try to finish it up as, as soon as possible. Uh, but it, it was tough. I mean, I, I had a couple of fundraisers and uh, I didn't really raise the money that, that I had hoped for. So I had to just, you know, pay a lot out of pocket. That slowed things down a bit, and uh, and I, I mean I was doing pretty much everything myself. I was doing all the camera work, all the editing. Some sometimes I just did the uh, the cameras, the the sound, and everything on, on set, and conducted the interview myself uh, because I just didn't have the the crew available. For the most part, I always had someone with me. That wasn't a problem. But uh, but yeah, there were a few instances where no one was really available, and I had to get this interview at a particular day and time. So I just went out with my gear, went out shot at myself and, and things like that so uh so i had a limited crew limited budget and a lot, it was a lot of uh waiting too because you know i wasn't paying people to be interviewed it wasn't a job for for anyone you know for them it was like oh, everyone i interviewed was doing it because they they loved the subject matter and um and they, they gave their time but i had to work on their schedule uh of course so a lot of these guys they're on tour they're making movies they're doing right. different things so i had to kind of wait for them to be available yeah rob, rob zombie's normally be. got a couple of things on the go <laughs> it's got a few things on the plate i mean and him and i got in touch uh at one point and then it took about a year from then to actually get the interview wow. and w when we finally sat down when he was in new york he said hey man i'm so, you know i'm so sorry it took this long 
I was like, dude, you got a couple things going on, so you know, I don't, I don't blame you for not for not being available. But uh, and it's but worth yeah, the so, wait, right? Because he is one of those yeah. people that, like, I mean, he is the point where horror and metal meet. Like, it got it, and yeah. it makes Rob Zombie <laughs> to- totally worth the wait. So, so it was a lot of waiting. It was a lot of just kind of working on everyone's schedule, and uh, yeah, and and it was it was a rough. A couple of years anyway. I had a couple of you know tragedies in life, some deaths in the family, things like that. So um, there were a lot of breaks put on the project along the way. But um, but yeah, over, over this past uh, two years, I'd say we were able to button things up, and now it's finally done. That's exciting stuff. Um, you've obviously mentioned you've kind of got screening events and stuff planned. What can you tell us about those? What have you kind of got in the pipeline to start uh, fully rolling this film out? Yeah, so I've uh, I've started the film festival run. Um, just had the first uh, first premiere in Florida at the Popcorn Frights uh, Film Festival uh, at the early September. Early September, I think the fourth and the fifth. Uh, I have two other conventions um, down in Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, Miami, Florida, where uh, where the film's going to be shown at the Mad Monster convention and Sinister uh, Sinister Nights down in Florida. So, and it's just going to keep going on from there. I'm going to be doing the uh, Coney Island Film Festival coming up soon. So it's it's getting out there, and I'm going to do the festival run, maybe start looking at some distribution, and then probably an official release uh, early 2022. Awesome. And when you say official release, what, what do you hope that will kind of look like exactly? Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe some more theatrical releases, perhaps. Uh, but definitely I want to get it out to... Uh, to the fans a lot of the people who contributed to the uh, campaigns um they're owed you know a blu-ray or dvd so i want to try to get them <laughs> they've been uh, anxiously waiting they've been reaching out saying hey uh contributed to the campaign a bunch of years ago just wondering what's going on so i'd like to get them a uh, copy of the film uh, sooner than later so yeah and then we're we're probably going to talk about uh international distribution so We'll see what happens. Going to weigh out some options and see what uh, see what works best and what the the best plan of action is. Awesome. Uh, and uh, obviously, people have been crowdfunding. Are people still able to donate now? I know there's different levels of donation associated with rewards. Is that kind of still ongoing, or is that closed up at this point? Um, I had closed up the official campaigns, but it, I mean, if anyone still wants to have their name in the credits. Uh, whether it's just a you know a basic uh, credit at the end, or if they want an associate producer credit, which also uh, can go in the front, or executive producer credit, I can make those available. If anyone wants to reach out, um, they can go to uh, the website metalhorror.com, and of course they can follow on the uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, the handle is at the Metal Horror. So if anyone's interested in uh, in those types of perks, uh, they can definitely reach out and, and we can talk about it awesome um and i guess finally if you could only pick one of each what is your absolute favorite horror movie and absolute favorite metal album you can only pick one. <laughs> oh man <laughs> no i asked the hard questions mike yeah uh favorite horror f- uh, man um you're going to a desert island right now what's the blu-ray and the cd that you grab to take with you oh boy uh that's a tough one all right with uh with metal maybe uh iowa from slipknot oh like uh, obviously went for the <laughs> darkest most horrible <laughs> horror looking one of them all love it yeah i think i'll do that and uh the horror is, is is also a tough one because there's such a massive catalog but um 
but I've been really been feeling uh, uh, in the mouth of madness from John Carpenter. Oh wow, so, fantastic! Yeah, so I'm going to be a little more obscure with that. I'm not going to go with uh, with sort of the 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 top, you know, the top picks from uh, from most people. But yeah, I, I'll take those. I think I'll be happy. You can't be Carpenter, man. I think the thing's probably my favorite horror ever. But in the mouth of madness, that's like yeah. the connoisseur's choice for Carpenter. I think massive, yeah, massive yeah. respect for that um mike thanks so much for joining us the documentary is called the history of metal and horror it is stacked with names as we mentioned earlier from both of those worlds one of the coolest things put together i've seen in recent years i've seen a ton of the footage it's really really exciting stuff really interesting uh, as mike said you can go to metalhorror.com to find out all the info you need about it and uh, uh you know anyone that likes either of these things should be all over this as soon as it officially drops take care mike i hope we catch up sooner than than five years next time <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely man and thank you so much for for all your years of support i really do appreciate it that's our pleasure all good thanks very much all right that is it for me and mike thank you so much mike for joining us this week we really appreciate it i cannot wait to see the history of metal and horror documentary it just looks absolutely amazing uh, it's going to be out internationally very soon. Don't forget to go and pick up the latest issue of Metal Hammer right now. You have one more week to pick up our Iron Maiden Senjutsu Spectacular, featuring all those cool added goodies that I mentioned at the top of the show. Go to tinyurl.com slash findhammer to find out where your nearest copy is. And also go and visit our brilliant sponsors, Killstar, over at killstar.com. They've got loads of cool ranges. You're not going to want to miss out on those. Uh, we will be back on the Metal Hammer podcast next week. We are going in deep on the Metallica Blacklist. It is about to drop probably the biggest and craziest covers album of all time. I think it's over 50 cover versions of Black Album classics featuring artists as varied as Miley Cyrus to Ghost to Biffy Clyro to everyone in between. Uh, so we will be going in deep on that and reviewing every single song on the Metallica Blacklist collection. It's going to be epic. You're not going to want to miss it. So we'll see you right here on the Metal Hammer podcast next week. Cheers, everybody. Goodbye.